three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, feminist issues, and everything in between. You're joined by your hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. Kenzie, it's been a long time. Megan, where have you been? It's been a mystery. Where in the world is Megan? I was in Costa Rica. Dun, dun, dun. Literally the best country on the face of this earth. That's so cool. Tell us all about it. So um, I was there for a yoga retreat, and then we stayed a couple of extra days in a super swanky hotel. Ooh. So the um, retreat was in Nassara, Costa Rica. Nassara, Costa Rica. We um, were we flew into Liberia, and then we had to drive like two and a half hours south. Mm. And the roads there are so bad. So they're so bumpy. Like once you get off of the main road, then it just turns into like complete potholes. And we were bouncing up and down in this old Dang. truck. And so um, our guy, they speak Spanish there. And Charlotte, who I went with, one of the girls I went with, my best friend speaks Spanish. She's fluent. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's useful. And so it made me want to learn Spanish because she was so good at it. And she was talking to all of the locals. And so um, he warned us. He was like, the road gets really bumpy at about an hour and a half in. And before before he got to the bumps, he did the sign of the cross. Seriously? Or was he kidding and smiling? <laughs> he was serious. Oh, dang. And so then... Um, I don't know. It's that's comforting. It's just literally the best country ever. They're, everybody is so nice. They're the nicest people ever. They have a saying called Pura Vida, which l- translates literally pure life. And so they're all about Mother Nature, taking care of the earth, um, living the best life you can, um, living a pure life. And they're just the best. Um, so one time we went on a tour with a guy who was showing us um, a little bit of a hike, and then we got to jump into a waterfall. And the guy said that he was really knowledgeable about all of the plants and all of the animals that lived in the rainforest. And um, he said that countries like China and probably America, he didn't say it, but, I mean, we were all Americans, so he probably didn't want to say it. But he says that countries like that consider Costa Rica the lung of the earth. Because um, it's so, like, all the polluted countries that are, like, overly polluted depend on Costa Rica to, like, clean the earth. Because it's so much rainforest and they take care of the rainforest so well. So it, like, filters out and filters the air for the world. That's so cool. It's the best country. Can't say it enough. So um, I'm going to go back. Like, no doubt I'm going back. So how was the yoga experience? Like who instructed it? What type of yoga? That sort of a thing. Did you fully meditate? How did it go? So um, it was the girl. It was her name is Lauren. She's one of my favorite teachers and I look up to her a ton. She's um, Charlotte's yoga teacher from Fort Worth. And so I've gone on three yoga treats with her now. And so I consider her like one of my biggest people who influences me as a yoga teacher. Hmm. And so we would do yoga in the morning for two hours. That one tended to be a more intense practice. And then we would do do two hours in the evening and that would be a more, tend to be more meditative, calming, restorative practice. 
And so one of my favorite memories is we were outdoor. It was an outdoor yoga shala. And so it was a roof over us. But then all the walls, there were no walls. You just looked out and you saw the rainforest all around you. And they have these monkeys there called howler monkeys. Mm. And they're so cute. They're probably this big. I would think probably 10 pounds, like the size of Cooper. But then they would have these little babies that they they were just like these cute, tiny little baby monkeys. And they would howl in the morning, usually in the morning and in the evening when the sun was going up and down. And one night we were in the yoga shala. And we kept on hearing the monkeys getting closer and closer to us, but we could never see them. We would just hear them um, moving in the trees and doing their howler monkey noise. And then um, we go to lay down in Shavasana, and uh, we were in Shavasana for a while, and then Lauren got us out of Shavasana and into like a seated meditative state. And whenever we woke up out of Shavasana, there was like 15 monkeys like right at the tree right in front of us in the yoga shala and um lauren was like okay let's just be quiet you know stay in your meditative state obviously keep your eyes open because you don't want to miss this um but the quieter you are the closer they'll come and so we sat there in silence for like 10 or 15 minutes and just watch these monkeys and there was probably like 15 monkeys swinging from Aww. trees and they would they would they would hang on a tree from their tail mm-hmm. and then they would use their arms and their legs to like get all the leaves and then they would pick off the leaves to eat them and they would be hanging upside down from their tail and mm-hmm. they were just the best they were they were, cute they were so cute were they fluffy yeah they were like I'll put up a picture of one. They they were brown and um, <laughs> they had white balls. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because, well, okay, the guy who gave us the tour of the rainforest, he said that scientifically they have white balls because um, <laughs> now we're talking about monkey balls. <laughs> because um, if because the rest of them is like dark brown or black. Mm -hmm. And if the balls were that color, then the sperm would die because it would get too hot. So you know how sun attracts, uh, or dark colors attract the sun? And so the sperm would needs to be cooler. And so that's why the the balls are white. But he said that (laughs) the, the legend is that these monkeys started off pure white um, when God created them, they were just pure white monkeys and God loved them so much. And they were just like super cute running around, but then they started making too much noise and they were being like rambunctious and keeping God up all night long. And God said, if you don't be quiet, I'm going to hit you with lightning and make you be quiet. And the monkeys weren't listening to him and they were still like going on like crazy and making all this fuss. And so he throws the lightning down and as the lightning was down, they reached out and covered their balls real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And so only their body got hit by the lightning, not the balls. That's cute. That's funny. So, yeah. Oh, well, wow. That's exciting. It was a good trip. That sounds like a really good trip. Yeah. So, yeah, when um, I was kind of alone the first week and everyone left because my sister went out of town and my brother-in-law went out of town and Meg went out of town um, and it snowed. It like, snowed it a snow lot. It a lot. And um, that's a community where we live. And so 
did Binks like the snow? Yeah, he's he so did? cute. Did you see the picture of him? Uh-huh. Check out our Insta if you want to see a picture of him. So he liked the snow. He thought it was interesting. And Annie loved it. She was she playing in it. But she hurt. Okay, so Annie is my sister's dog, my dog niece. And I take care of her a lot. And so... But she kind of re-entered her leg doing From it. From the snow? Yeah. Oh. But we think it's because she has a metal plate in her knee and it like got too cold, you know, whatever. Oh, I'm sure it got really cold. And so I thought she, she re-injured it on my watch because she wasn't even using it. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like freaking out. And then the next day she used it again. Okay, good. So I'm sure it just got too cold. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy happened though. While you were gone, it's the same old, same old. Just went to work. I worked on the podcast, the episodes that we had pre-recorded, and um, yeah, just got some stuff done. Kind of got back into working out. Um, I'm, for the past week, I've been like listening to more health-oriented things. So trying to be mentally healthy and physically healthy. Perfect. Still going to therapy, and so just trying to be balanced, I guess. I'm proud of you for going to therapy and for... They say that if you are physically well, it helps you to be mentally well as well, and vice versa. Yeah. So you got to take care of yourself in all ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot new. So today's topic is about gun control um, and all of the events that have happened in the past... I don't know, month or two. Um, And then we're also going to provide some updates on the sexual assault cases and sexual harassment cases that are becoming more prevalent in the news. We feel like these both are topics that since they're in the everyday, I mean, they're in the news every day and they're so relevant to us right now. So we feel like these are topics that we need to address. Definitely. And if you tune into another episode, we talked about Harvey Weinstein when it first broke out, even before the whole Me Too campaign happened. And then the Me Too campaign kind of, I feel like empowered women and showed women that like, it's okay to speak out because a lot of women said Me Too, which meant if you wrote Me Too on social media, it meant you've been some sort of harassed or assaulted in some sort of way sexually. Oh, excuse me, I just had a hiccup. And, um, so yeah, um, but we wanted to touch on these two items. So first, I guess let's go into the current gun control laws in the United States, and then we'll go into the events that happened recently. So currently, and this is according to a November, 2017, so pretty recent PBS, um, news story. So under federal law, to buy a gun from a licensed dealer, you either have to be 21 years old to get a handgun or 18 for a rifle or a shotgun. So um, you have have to to be a U.S. citizen. Yeah, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Um, You do go through a national instant criminal background check system. The federal and some state laws designate four main categories that restrict you to get a gun and that's committing violent or gun-related crime, having a diagnosed mental illness, known drug or alcohol abuse, or crimes committed while you were a juvenile. So this, not every state has these rules, and not every state enforces the laws in the same way, so the federal laws, I assume. Um, And of course, people can bypass state and federal rules entirely, simply by buying firearms from private sellers, often at gun shows. And that's called the gun show loophole, I think. 
So um, those sales from one private citizen to another are largely exempt from any reporting rules. Um, and this is without background checks. Um, so Megan, do you want to go over the two most recent shootings and then we can kind of both discuss about what happened very recently? Yeah, for sure. So we're referring to the Las Vegas shooting. It was the deadliest mass shooting in United States history. So on the night of October 1st, 2017, a gunman opened fire on a crowd of 22,000 concert goers at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival on the Las Vegas Strip. He left 58 people dead and 546 injured. That's from Wikipedia. And um, assault weapons were used. Um, his name was, I think it was Stephen Paddock. Mm -hmm. He had 17 rifles in his room, including one that was modified with a legal rapid fire device. The only thing that I want to say about this is, first of all, obviously thinking of all of the people that were affected by this um, tra tragedy, family, friends, and everybody that was there. I can't imagine being there. Like, I cannot imagine being there. And I, I've been to Vegas. I love Vegas. And I always felt so safe in Vegas. Yeah, me too. Um, I love Las Vegas. And still, my thoughts and prayers are with people. I think about it every day, I think. Like, I, I'll randomly Google it sometimes still because I'm like, more information has to be out, but it's not. And then the super crazy thing about the timeline changing and then, oh, first he st shot the security guard. Oh, no, he shot the security guard later. And just like so much weird stuff. And the fact that we're not talking about it anymore at all. Yeah, I think it's going to come up more and more. Um but we'll see. Do you want to go into the next one or do you want me to tackle this one? You can do this one and then I will jump in. Okay. So this, and I think I just heard this on a few reports. So it's hearsay. So I don't think this is officially a fact, but I'm pretty sure it was the deadliest mass shooting in a religious setting in the U.S. Um, it was a Texas church outside of San Antonio. 25 people were killed, including children, Laws were not enforced that are in place. Um, the Air Force admits fault, um, and they acknowledge that they didn't relay the killer's court-martial conviction for domestic assault to civilian law enforcement. That could have prevented him from purchasing them. It's horrific. It's horrific. Both and, of them. And once again, a place where you should feel completely safe. Yeah, Completely. That's your place of worship. That's what you believe in. And it's, it's so sad. It's, it's an innocent thing to be doing. It's so sad. And Not that it makes it right to do the other, but it's just, you should feel safe, you know? Yeah. And, um, I guess this is going to give away my opinion a little bit, but, um, I was talking to somebody today and they were saying, I'm so tired of politicians saying thoughts and prayers. I'm like, and not doing anything about it. Like, they were praying. That's what they were doing. They were praying in that church. And thoughts and prayers are not enough to stop these people with mental illnesses. I think that every any person that is killing another person, not for self-protection, that's a different story. But anybody who is killing a person has a mental illness. You can't tell me that it's not true. Do you, do you agree with me? I, yeah, I believe that anyone who 
has a desire to murder someone or has murdered someone has some sort of mental illness except if you're self-control self uh what's it defense self-defense where well, yeah that's a different story but anybody anybody else you automatically are i think considered having a mental illness and I think that it's absolutely ridiculous that all we can do is say, oh, our prayers are with him. Our prayers are with him. When are prayers are not enough. I'm a religious person. I'm a very religious person. And prayers are not enough. We've been praying. We prayed whenever it happened in Colorado at Columbine. And that's when I was in the third grade. We've been praying for how many years now? And it's just getting worse. There was a recent one, too. Um, it- it killed six people, I believe. But that is that including the shooter? Six people, including the shooter. Uh, yeah. So, and this is just going off memory. So, I, I don't know if this is all accurate. Um, but in Northern California, a man opened fire, and it's still developing. Um, so maybe by the time we release that, there's even more facts. Even overnight, you never know. Uh, you never know nowadays what could happen overnight. But. Um, yeah, so he just went on a shooting rampage at multiple locations, and one of them being in an elementary school. Um, but I believe one child was injured by gunshots and is in stable condition. Um, but, yeah, um, they went on lockdown, and thank God for those teachers. Thank God. I think that... I heard somewhere that if they wouldn't have gone on lockdown like five seconds later, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, those teachers are heroes. They're heroes, and they're heroes for acting as quickly as they did, and thank God that they had precautions in place and probably had practiced this. And it's so sad that, once again, children trying to get an education can't feel safe somewhere where you should feel 100% safe. So many argue for what's called common sense uh, gun control. Um, So, but the counter argument, and I'll explain more in a minute what common sense gun control is, but the counter argument to that is some worry that it will infringe upon the rights of the second amendment. And then they can't defend themselves. Background checks might be an invasion of privacy. And, um, while the counter argument to that, though, for and it's for gun control, is um, that they aren't trying to take away guns, just have more rules that will prevent mass shootings, like stricter background checks, bans on assault weapons, and mass capacity magazines. Um, but why that common sense gun control or more strict gun control might not happen is. There's the NRA, the National Rifle Association, which is one of the most influential interest groups in the U.S., um, not because of the money it spends on lobbying politics. Well, not just because. So it also spends a lot of money lobbying politicians, but it also engages 5 million members. Um, So it opposes most of the proposals to strengthen uh, firearm regulations. And that's from the BBC. It's usually backed by Republicans. Um, Donald Trump has often said um, it's not a gun control issue, but a mental health issue. Um, But I wanted to ask Megan, what are your thoughts on all of these two arguments? 
Um, well, I think that my opinion is obviously well known now that I think that this country is ridiculous that we don't have more laws in place to make sure that people with mental health issues can't get their hands on guns, especially um, automatic and semi-automatic guns. There's no need to need an automatic weapon. There's no need for an average everyday citizen to need an automatic weapon. Um, you want a gun to protect yourself. You want a gun to shoot a deer. You want a gun to protect your family from a robber. Whatever, that's fine. Get it if you need if you think that you need it. But there is absolutely no reason that you would need to have an automatic weapon in order to do those things I just listed. There's also no reason that anybody with mental health issues should have a right to have a gun at all. And so, you know, get mad at me and tell me that I'm a stupid Democrat and that I'm taking away your guns. I don't want to take away your gun if you think that you need a gun to protect yourself. If you want to go to target practice and if you want to skeet shoot, I was raised on a farm. My father owns multiple guns. I, my father has a skeet shooter where he pulls the thing and then it flies in the air and then you practice shooting it. I, do I want my dad to have those guns? If he wants those guns, that's fine. You know, he has no mental health issues. He can have that kind of gun, but he does not need to have one, an automatic weapon. And I don't, I don't see the reason for them. And um, another thing that I want to bring up is that going back to the Sutherland Springs shooting, this man had no reason to be able to access guns. He had multiple charges against him for assault on his wife, aggravated assault on his stepson, two charges of pointing a loaded gun at his wife, two counts of threatening his wife with an unloaded gun. With that history, with that past, how in the world should he have had access to guns? The laws weren't enforced in this case. So the, that, yeah, it's sad. Yeah, and then the laws aren't going to be enforced. There's going to be another time when the laws aren't going to be enforced. There's going to be a time when the laws were enforced. In Las Vegas, that man showed no signs of mental health problems. But yet, look what he did. It's just insane. And it's insane that we're living in a country in... The best country in the world. I'm obviously biased, but I believe that this is a beautiful country with opportunities, endless opportunities. But why can't we wrap our heads around this? Why are we so stubborn? Oh, don't take my guns. You're, you're taking away my Second Amendment. When the Second Amendment was made, there was no such thing as automatic weapons. There was no such thing as that. That wasn't even a concept for them. So I wonder if our founding fathers if they would have known <laughs> what 2017 was going to look like, if they would have still said, oh, yes, everybody has a right to bear arms. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel so helpless. And then even when I was in Costa Rica, this one isn't on the list of things <coughs> that we were meant to talk about. But one morning, um, we were sitting out by the pool. We were waiting for breakfast to come out. And um, all of a sudden, our yoga teacher, Lauren, like starts running past us like super fast like you could tell that she was like panicked about something and um she was running to her we found out later that she was running to her room to get her phone to call her husband 
because she was on her laptop and an alert came up that there was an active gunman in the area where her children went to school in Fort Worth, Texas. And so as soon as that alert like popped up on her screen, she dropped everything and she ran to her phone to call her husband to tell her husband, you know, if you dropped off the kids, go get them right this second. Or if you haven't dropped off the kids, take them home. And luckily it was just a, it turned out to be a dispute between two bus drivers. And one of the bus drivers ended up having a gun um, and I believe, I don't know if that's luckily, <laughs> that's scary. No, it's scary. Luckily, sorry. The lucky part is that, um, it was a dispute between two men and they didn't escalate it past that dispute. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been escalated and he, he could have done more than what happened, but luckily there were so many precautions in place that Texas Christian university, which is in Fort Worth went on lockdown you know, those alerts were given to those parents of the, of the students at the elementary school that was very close in vicinity to where the gunman was. There were so many precautions in place to um, help locate this man and, you know, get him, get him off of the streets that nothing happened. But as Lauren came back and as Lauren was like, oh, my gosh, my worst nightmare like just happened, but thank, thank God that, you know, it didn't escalate further between an argument between two bus, bus drivers, but she just said, you know, my, my wor- absolute worst nightmare just came into fruition. That's so scary. I know. Okay. Do you want to move on to sexual assault? Yep. Okay. So there's been a lot of additional assault allegations that have come after the Harvey Weinstein scandal. So it kind of blew up after the Me Too incident like we were talking about, don't you think? Yeah, I think that that empowered women to step up and and share their stories as well. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we were going to do every other one. So I guess I'll start off with Louis C.K. You started off. Okay, so Louis C.K., a well-known stand-up comedian. If you don't know who he is, he's a well-known stand-up comedian. Um, he's done several movies, two in series. He had his own TV show, or he might still. Um, but he admitted to exposing himself and masturbating in front of women. This one broke my heart. I never would have thought that Louis C.K. would have been a man who would do that. It's creepy, for sure. The next one that happened was Kevin Spacey. He's the two-time Oscar winner, winner and also the star of that show on Netflix. What is it called? Oh, shoot. House of Cards. House of Cards, which is a really good show. I've never watched it. Um, he apologized on Sunday night for what he said would oh, have this been. This is a while ago, actually. It's not just Sunday night. This was taken from our old New York Times article. He apologized multiple Sunday nights ago (laughs) for what he said, quote, would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior after another actor, Anthony Rapp, made an accusation about his sexual conduct with him 31 years ago. When Anthony Rapp was 14 years old, Mr. Spacey, who has long been fiercely private about his personal life, said in a statement that he did not remember any such an encounter. 
but added that Mr. Rapp's accusations, quote, has encouraged me to address other things about my life. He then disclosed that he had loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout his life and that he now chooses to live as a gay man. I just have to preach here for a second. Preach. It's not fair to the LGBT community that he did this at all. Um, It's almost like he seemed to use this incident of being accused to be a pervert. I kind of use being gay as an excuse because he said it right after someone accused him. Like it almost seems like an excuse and it, being gay doesn't mean you're perverted at all. Being gay means you're just simply attracted to the same sex and it does not mean that you're a predator. It does not mean that you molest children. And that just, just, hurts the LGBT community right now who are trying to fight for equality and it brings on a stereotype that isn't true. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. Kevin Spacey, it seems like he two times tried to find excuses for them himself. The first one was that he was drunk and the second one is that he's gay. He's not addressing the issue at all. He's making excuses for himself that are completely invalid. So yeah, we're talking about sexual assault allegations, which I would probably say typically happens to a lot of women. It's stereotypically, but I know it happens to a lot of men. So um, we're talking out for men too, who've gone through it. So it's, it's just not fair that he uses being gay is that's not that has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. um and that was all from the new york times again um but several men have come out against him since sad stuff um okay so how do you think i pronounce his last name larry nassar nassar yeah um he is the olympic doctor for, I believe, the gymnastics national team. He's for, the Olympic doctor? Yeah, like f- specifically for the gymnastics team. Oh. oh yeah, I get what. <laughs> no. He doesn't participate in the Olympics. <laughs> He's for the Olympic team. We shouldn't be laughing right now. But that, no, that, that's what he's for. You better get why you thought that. Okay, so he's the doctor for their team. But... Six-time Olympic medalist Ali, is it Raisman or Rosman? Raisman. Raisman is one of the latest to allege assault against him, who is a minor <laughs> during the Olympics. Um, it's horrible. And I think um, Michaela also came out. Um, Michaela Maroney. Yeah. She also came out uh, on Twitter last month. They were teammates. Yeah. Uh Beautiful gymnast, though. And that's from Sports Illustrated. Well, yeah, that doesn't take away from that. That's just horrible, though, mm-hmm. that they were minors, you know, when it occurred. Yep. This other one breaks my heart, too. He yeah. has a library on my Texas A&M campus, George H.W. Bush. The 41st president of the United States apologized to an actress after she wrote in a now-deleted Instagram post that Bush sexually assaulted her while she posed for a picture with him. Her name is Heather, and she said that Bush touched her inappropriately from behind twice and told her a dirty joke. That's from CNN. It's terrible. 
Oh, sorry. We're in the city. So someone's just laying down on the horn right now. Someone is honking like crazy. Um, the next one is Ed Westwick. Um, he is sorry. He, someone is angry tonight. Um, they disapprove of his actions as well, or his alleged actions. Um, he plays Chuck Bass on Gossip Girl, um, but two women have publicly accused him of rape um, recently. The next one is the U.S. Senate candidate Roy Moore. He is accused of assault and romantic advances to a 14-year-old when he was 32 years old. I'm going to Google something about him. Um, There might have been a development today, but do you want to read Dustin Hoffman while I'm... Yep. Dustin Hoffman, um, I know him from Rain Man. I'm sure he's in a lot of other great movies too has been accused of sexually harassing an intern on the set of one of his films in 1985. Her name is Anna Graham Hunter, a writer, says that when she was 17, the Oscar-winning actor groped her and made inappropriate comments about sex to her. She told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, he was openly flirtatious. He grabbed my ass. He talked about sex to me and in front of me. Hoffman later apologized and said he was sorry if he put her in an uncomfortable position from BBC. Roy Moore, yeah, he's still uh, he he still appears to be running, despite several accusations from minors when he was in his thirties um, and as an adult male. Um, yep, so he's still running and still endorsed by um, several individuals. So um, these are obviously all terrible cases. Um, the positive thing that we can look at this is that. Women are stepping up. Women are empowering each other to come out, tell their stories, share their experiences. And so I just am thankful for these women who stood up for, um, stood up against um, their predators. It takes a lot of bravery. Yes. Um, Yeah. It just shows that together we're more powerful. Um, It shows we're empowered right now. Um, and it also shows that the fight is far from over. Clearly, people are like, why are people feminists? Why women's rights? Like, they can do everything a man can do legally now. But, like, look at the things that are still happening clearly. And you know what? We have to, like, really listen to these women and believe them. Um, but why, why is it so important, Megan? Why do you think it's so important? I think that it's important. The more that we talk about it, the more that maybe we will change, um, give education to young gentlemen, give education to young women. Um, the more that we talk about it and the more that we put it out in the forefronts of our minds, I think the more likelihood there is to see a change in the future. Yeah. And the culture and maybe some women won't have to go through this because it was called out. Um, so what, but things obviously still need to be done, um, like laws, possible laws. I was just trying to think of like, what could we put additionally in place? I don't know about laws necessarily. I think that what needs to happen is there needs to be a culture shift yeah. where these women feel embarrassed about talking about it and they feel like 
Um, I know that a lot of times they feel embarrassed to bring it up to their parents or they feel embarrassed to, they think, oh, it was my fault. It was something I said. It was something I wore. It was some, some way that I acted. They feel like they need to take the blame for it. And so that's also another reason that typically women don't come out. And so just culturally addressing the fact that it is not your fault, I think would be the biggest driver for change. Yeah, we need to empower and support one another and believe each other. You know, we need to believe these women. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to. Like, it's horrible. Um, And we need to educate everyone on consent. Like, men out there, you need to ask women. Like, you need to talk to them before you have sex. Like, it might be an awkward conversation, but, like, I think what needs to happen is, like, to be a true gentleman, you need to be like, before you do anything with someone, you need to be like, are you okay? Is this okay? Like, mm-hmm. just really ask people before you just like go and grab them. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't just assume. Educating on consent is probably a big thing that could help change as well. Another thing that I w- want to address is that Um, going back to believing women and how we do need to believe and trust what they're saying. Um, I think that can be hard whenever the allegations are against these men who we look up to, who we admire. Kevin Spacey, he's in American Beauty. That's Desmond's favorite movie of all times. But American Beauty is creepy in itself on the side. Oh, yeah, it is. I didn't think about that. Which creeps me out even more. But, okay, American Beauty, House of Cards, we admire this man's work. He is probably one of the best actors of our time. But that doesn't take away the fact that he has a mental illness as well. This, I feel like this is probably a mental illness as well. If you are um, an adult wanting to engage in sexual assault with a minor. And I think too, can I interrupt? Yeah. I think to an extent, it's like, I think maybe the perversion of... I think there's a perversion of mind. Yes, when you want to have sexual relations with a minor, yes. Um, but for men that assault and rape women, I don't know if that's m- mental illness. I think you're selfish and entitled prick. And you want control. And control, but I don't think that's a mental illness. I agree with that. Um, I think that they say that for rape, it's not about sex. It's about having control over another person, full, complete control over another person. They say it has really nothing to do with the sexual gratification. It's more with the control and getting that control. That's something I I can't even fathom. I know. I can't either. Um, But going back to how we look up to this men and admire these men for their careers, that's great. You know, maybe they are the best actor of all time. Maybe they are the funniest comedian. Maybe they are the best president. But that should not cloud what they have done or shadow what the awful things that they have done to women and men. Totally. Um, Michelle Obama said something really interesting uh, recently. Uh, Sorry, I... I I keep having hiccups. Um, So she said that, um, and this is according to New York Times, at an event, Michelle Obama says that men are entitled and self-righteous and women have a role in this outcome, which I thought was an interesting perspective. 
Um, So I'm just going to read some quotes uh, from the New York Times. So in a wide-ranging conversation on Wednesday in Chicago um, at the Obama Foundation International Summit, the former first lady spoke out on gender issues, saying that men have become entitled and self-righteous because society protects them more than it does girls. It's like the problem in the world is where we love our boys and we raise our girls, Obama said in a conversation. We raise them to be strong and sometimes we take care not to hurt men, but I think we pay for that a little bit. She also cautioned that men may turn out to be flawed. Women need to be mindful of their role in that outcome. Are we protecting men too much because... So they now feel a little entitled and self-righteous sometimes, but that's the kind of, that's kind of on us as women and mothers as we nurture men and push our girls to be perfect. So I find that perspective really interesting. I kind of think it goes along and that's probably why she brought it up on, honestly, goes directly along with all of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Like men feel entitled to something or like they have the right to do something because they're special. Like I have never felt that I'm in, entitled to something like that. Like I have never. And that's so never even crossed my mind. Michelle's point was that we're raising young men to feel entitled and like they deserve the world. And we're raising women to act like they're perfect and that, you know, they can't come out and say, oh, I was sexually assaulted or they don't feel entitled to do so because they feel like they have to maintain this image of perfection. It's sad. Um, I think she does have a point. I do too. Um, so, and that's another thing about consent. I think that mothers and fathers, fathers can be feminists. Fathers should also like educate on all this and consent. I want to read this last quote from her. She said, y'all should get you some friends. She laughed, (laughs) pointing to the men in the audience. Y'all need to go talk to each other about your stuff because there's so much of it. Talk about why y'all are the way you are. And that's true. That's another point, too, is that men don't talk about it. They don't address the issues that are going on. Yeah, they don't talk to each other about anything, really. I was actually listening to a podcast today, um, and it's called The Model Health Show, And it's like one of the most popular podcasts, Um, but it's, they were talking about how, and it was a book that a guy wrote just all about how men are the way they are and how they need to become more centered and emotional and more in tuned. And some of that's by talking (laughs) and not like bottling it up. So true that homegirl. So there's a few other things that we're still going to talk about, about this, um, sexual assault thing this is something else actually Megan Megan and I planned this together but this is something else Megan and I just added in at the last minute but uh, NPR just wrote a super interesting article about Native American female issues um, and we represent everyone here um, and not all the we don't have like a first-hand perspective but I just thought it was very interesting and something that we need to raise awareness about um, so Jacob So, in fact, okay, so, in fact, a recent government accountability office report shows that federal courts declined to prosecute 67% of reservation, so Native American reservation, sexual assault cases. Declined to prosecute 67%. Meanwhile, um, 
well, here, sorry, I'm just reading clips of the article. Okay, so unlike the feds, the local tribal police took over issuing a warrant for someone's arrest that the story was about. But the problem is the tribal court can only issue misdemeanors, which means it's less than a year in jail if convicted. So I guess they can't place, the tribal police can't, and the court can't do felonies, only misdemeanors, and then only 67% is taken on by the federal courts. That's crazy. So think about the issues that all women go through. It's horrible. And men. Men go through, too. Um, but do you want to talk about Trump, I guess, a little bit, Meg? Yeah. Um, let's talk about him. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> do you want me to go for it, or do you want you to go You go for it, because I went on a rampage about gun control. <laughs> and how you feel like you've done enough damage. <laughs> how I don't want to have babies, because I feel scared for this world. Now, speaking of, okay, um, so... Trump never fully addressed, um, I feel like he was never fully addressed for his sexual assault accusations and sexual harassment accusations. So in 2016, October, so that was the campaign year, um, the 2005 video surfaced of him groping and assaulting women against their will. It was a conversation between him and Billy Bush. Um, Just a reminder, grabbing women by the pussy. He also told Bush, you know, I'm actually attracted to, um, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful, I guess, women. And he said, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And you're, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Uh, That's our president. Gag me with a spoon. That's a president who has three sons, by the way. I wonder what those men learned while they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first victim, I'm going to read through his victims, his alleged victims. Look how many. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, so I'm just, these are just a few, too. Um, so this is, oh, shoot. I forgot to grab what article this Virginia. is from. Hmm. Okay, so these are just multiple victims. I apologize. I don't have the article offhand. So maybe it was actually CBS. So um, so this is what one victim said he said. So he said, hey, look at this one. He allegedly said, we haven't seen her before. Look at those legs. Um, then Virginia said Trump walked up to her, grabbed her by the arm and touched her breasts. She flinched and Trump responded by demanding, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Um. So he allegedly, according to this article, would walk through while women were getting dressed during his pageant. Um, He even admitted this on a Howard Stern um, episode. Victim Jessica Leeds. Leeds is one of the women who talked to the New York Times. Um, She said that in the 1980s, when she sat beside him in first class, he grabbed her breasts and reached up her skirt. And she said, described him like an octopus. His hands were everywhere. It was assault. Um, multiple people said he's grabbed them unwillingly and kissed them on the lips without consent. He, multiple women accuse him of grabbing up their skirt. It just seems like all of this is called lies um, by his campaign and nothing has happened. So why and how is he getting away with it? 
Um, I think money and power are how and why he's getting away with it. Yeah, but all these men were taken down this past week. I know he's the president, but... Um, however, this past week, the campaign has been subpoenaed, and this is according to a GQ article. So he has dodged these allegations for many years, um, but... After the Harvey Weinstein incident, um, Summer Zervos, I don't know, her last name starts with the Z, is a former apprentice contestant, God, I can't talk today, (laughs) who is suing Donald Trump for allegedly groping her and kissing her while she was at his bungalow in Beverly Hills. Um, So she's subpoenaing, subpoenaing, if that's a word, his campaign and asking that it preserve all documents I had about her. It's also asking for all documents concerning other women who have accused Trump of groping them. So this summer, the summer case happened back in 2007. When is the timeline for it to be up? There's a certain time period. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What is that word called? Oh, I know what you're saying. Statute of of limitations. limitations. That's it. There is there is statute of limitations. Hopefully it's at least 20 years because then we'll be fine. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, we think it's important to empower women and talk about what's happening in the world, including shootings and maybe what can, can prevent all of these sad incidents. I also want to say that, yes, I feel like this world is a scary place to be in right now, but coming back from Costa Rica and having so many days filled with people that I love and great, strong, powerful women, I have hope for the future. Being around Kinsey and all of my best friends in Seattle, I have hope for the future that we're going to rise above this darkness. Yes. I hope that good can overcome evil. (laughs) Good will overcome evil. Love versus hate. That's what we put on the piece of truth. Love is going to win. So, Kenzie, what's your positive thing for the week? Oh, I didn't even think about it like normal. Mm. My positive thing is that Maggie's back. Yay! My positive thing is that my mom and dad are coming on Thursday to Seattle for Thanksgiving. Not this Thursday. One week, though. One week. Basically. One week and my parents will be here for Thanksgiving as well as Desmond's sister, brother-in-law, and mom. And so it's going to be a good Thanksgiving. I'm excited to share the holidays with them. Oh my gosh, a big family. Mm -hmm. This quote is from Brene Brown. She has, she's an author of multiple books, including one of my favorites, Braving the Wilderness. I read it in two days in Costa Rica. (laughs) So So cool. Go read it. But she said, Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Love it. Okay, guys. Well, sorry I stumbled so much and so said so many hiccups. I cannot talk today, but thank you for listening if you've gotten to this point. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Spread love, peace, and kindness. Bye. Bye.